Hello everyone, my name is Gamezio and I like having conversations about the Christian experience, whether they be deep or shallow. I just like to talk and that's what we're going to be doing on this podcast, just talking. Hi everyone, welcome to the first official episode of Uncomfortable Conversations. This episode is titled about marriage and the sub theme, she won't marry. I'd like to add she won't marry at this rate or at the rate that she's going. Uh, to get started, maybe I should discuss why it has taken me so long. Um, to be honest, I was scared to talk about this topic, mainly because I've never been married. I've never been in a situation or courtship that will lead to marriage. So I said, if I'm going to talk about this, I need to be, let's not say careful, but I need to choose my words and angle wisely. But here we are. I might not choose all my words wisely or the angle, but for me, I feel it's important that I talk about it from an aspect that I understand. So I am coming from the before you're married aspect and in your 20s. And the thought that because of the kind of person certain ladies are in their 20s, me inclusive, marriage doesn't look like something that will happen. By that, I mean the young bride. It might, it might not happen that you will be a young bride and there are certain things about we, the mid-twenties, early twenties, that don't seem to say marriage or marriage material or looking to marry or deliberate in what we do that it will lead to marriage. So um, what does it mean to me? What does, when someone says marriage, what comes to mind first i think companionship does come to mind um financial help i won't lie because if you're married to someone that means like that's double income that is if both of you are working i know some people are planning to be housewives but that's a topic for another time so yes that's what it means to me when i think of those things uh Children also, marriage makes me think of children. Um, uh, apart from children, companionship, love. <laughs> How can I forget that? Yes, marriage also makes me think of love. Um, unconditional love. I say this with a lot of reservations because some marriages don't look like they are loving. That's a topic for another time as well. But yes, I also, when I think of marriage, I also think of um, someone looking for something. So people get married for different reasons. There are people who get married to have children. There are people who get married to have some form of financial stability. There are people who get married to have a title. Uh, there are people who get married for companionship. So all these various reasons for me, just come together to make up this 
thought pattern people are getting married for a reason whatever theirs is i may not know but it might show in some people and whatever mine will be the time i get married i'll find fascinating i also want to associate marriage with peace but i also be very careful when i say i want to associate marriage with peace because it depends it depends on your definition of peace everyone has an idea of what a peaceful situation looks like to them and we might not share the same ones but i think it also gives you a sense of peace and from let's talk about the biblical point of view of marriage or my idea of what my bible talks about when it comes to marriage we all know ephesians talking about how husbands should love their wives and how wives should be submissive to their husbands uh we know the proverbs 31 woman we know what corinthians defines what love is we all know all those things these are not secrets If, yes uh we know about isaac how he got a wife we have all these examples in the bible of what a biblical marriage looks like so for me i'll just summarize it like this when i think of a biblical marriage i think of a situation of corinthians love is kind love is patient it doesn't keep a record of wrong then i also think of christ and the church you ought to love your wife as christ loved the church and you are supposed to be ready to lay your life down for the church i also think of a uh, submission so wives submit to your husbands this one <laughs> I know for a lot of people who have started discussing it it's quite controversial especially with the coming of feminism I won't lie there is a conflict within myself as well when it comes to submission but also I appreciate the bible because if something is penned down in the bible it's because there is a likelihood for you to forget about it for you to struggle with it and fight it so it is put there as a reminder a constant reminder but when i think about submission i also think about the object of my submission who am i to submit to because even the bible is so clear you're supposed to submit to your husbands not everybody's husband not every gentleman around and all that so for that it's it's a it's a sketchy subject but i feel that where there is love there's also um the ability to give yourself out into submission not subservient but submission so some people the male gender to be particular sometimes get the issue of submission mixed up with subservient so if someone is subservient they they don't argue they are ready to follow without question but that is not what submission is all about even uh the definition from the dictionary that is not what submission is about so i don't want to get all up into this because <laughs> this could go quite deeper but for now i feel when someone says submission or when i read it i feel it is a level of respect holding someone in high regard and the bible again in romans tells us about considering others um better than ourselves 
I'm trying to paraphrase it, but even as Christ went through things that he did not cause himself, but because of us and he put us first, we also as believers ought to put others before us. We have to look out for the needs of the next person. We have to do things for the benefit of the next person. So this is like a give and take, I think, in marriage. Because everyone has to respect everyone in marriage. Everyone has to think of the other's needs first and do things that will please the other first. And when you do that, you find yourself in a situation where everyone is meeting the other's needs. So you're meeting each other's needs just to be a little bit simpler in that regard. Now, if I am to move to the worldview of marriage, which I do not agree with in totality, I feel that the worldview of marriage has made it a kind of tit-for-tat kind of thing, 50-50, and not everyone giving 100%. It's like we are married to someone we don't trust. So we keep things away from each other. We are told things like, have your own property, have your own money. It's like we are always ready to leave the marriage. That is the worldview of marriage that I have come to understand. And also the lack of commitment. You are in it as long as it saves you. If it doesn't save your needs or your requirements for it, you are ready to leave it. There's, you will love someone, but you will dislike certain things. Regardless of whether you love that person. And the world has said, no, it has to be a high, high. And there are no low lows in this. Immediately things get low and what you signed up for is not what you're getting. Be ready to go out of it. And I won't go into things like abuse in marriage, emotional, uh, physical, things like that, financial abuse. I won't go into things like that. Certain things are... A no-brainer certain things are in the gray lines they are neither white or black certain things are situational and for me that's not what I am trying to bring out in in my discussion today but yes that for me is the worldview of marriage and to the nitty-gritty <laughs> Why has marriage become this thing that's not so appealing for my generation? So I'm talking for the mid-20s. Usually our parents got married between 23 and 28. And at the rate that me and my circle are going, the thought of being a young bride is slowly fading away. So these are some of the phases that we went through. For example, when we were teenagers, before our 20s, the, yeah, that phase, we, I, let me say I, I don't want to speak for the majority. I didn't have an image of marriage, what kind of person I'm going to marry, what I am looking for in someone who, I would like to marry and have children with. When I clocked 20, 21, 22, 
I absolutely disliked the idea of getting married because it didn't look appealing. What do I mean by it didn't look appealing? Most, if not all, the people in my circle that were married had issues, <laughs> if I would put it like that. Not issues in terms of abuse, for example. There was just this power play that I did not really like about marriage and how one party seemed to be giving more and more interested in marriage than the other party. It doesn't matter what circle I'm talking about, whether it be the worldview or the biblical view of marriage. I saw women as people that married and not got married. I don't, I think, I hope that is clear. I saw women as the ones who went out and sought these marriages and because they looked for these marriages, the weight of keeping these marriages was on their shoulders. It's like you wanted this, you have it, so make sure it works out. If it doesn't work out, it's because you didn't put in the effort and this other party, them, their job was to marry you. So which made marriage look like this compromising situation and not compromising that is some things, but compromising almost everything, who you are, what you have, your dreams. It's, it just looked like something that women were held down by. So for me, it became something like, why would I want to marry like that? And because of that, that period was like, for me, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get married. And if I do want to get married, is there a person that's going to understand me, understand my the, the way of life that I have chosen and the career path that I have gone into? So I started talking to a lot of people about it. My own mother inclusive and other women, some who were married and some who are not married up to date and some who got married now. And I got all these different opinions and different understandings of what marriage meant to them. And for me, I came to the conclusion, uh, marriage is what you make out of it. So you need someone who agrees with you and who understands your path and who you also understand. Besides that, it will be more of a struggle love and a power play between you and this other person. So after the 22 years on earth, I got to a point where like, yeah, the desire to get married is there. But then there was the fear. You are looking for someone who will understand you, understand your way of life. But as human nature would have it, someone else is also looking for the kind of person who understand them, their way of life, and what they need out of being married to, to you as a woman. So now there's that fear that comes in. Are you qualified for this? Are you, are you your type's type? <laughs> Let me just put it simply like that. So with that idea in mind, it's now become something that's kind of feared. 
like what if you don't meet the standard that you're looking for what if you are not your standards type what happens in that situation so there are all these things going on and then now you find yourself with people that don't understand you or subscribe to your way of thought or people that say your standards are too high you are hyper independent what you're looking for doesn't exist um i've heard so much what else have i heard you are too high maintenance um you work hard so you make it seem like there's no need for someone else to come in and help out. Um, I've heard so much. What else? Oh, you will compromise. This is the one that irks me the most. Oh, one day you will just come down and compromise. It irks me and also it is something that I fear. Because... The idea of settling is so fearful and makes makes me feel that what was the point of waiting so long for something like this when I could have settled way back and got an average kind of situation only to actually end up in it at the end. And there are some people that are looking for a marriage in the 90s with a woman that is in the 2000s, someone who's working as hard as them, someone who has to go on work trips, someone who will be transferred to different locations. And for me, that leaves me a little bit confused. Because what are you giving yourself in order to have this woman from the 90s? Let's say some people say they want to have a housewife. In this day and age, are you going to make the kind of money our parents used to make? Because because women were not in the workforce, men were paid much more. So let me just put it like this. There was a time where men were paid for themselves and their wives and their children were taken to school by the companies. But that's not the era that we're living in. Yet, you expect your wife to have the attributes of a housewife but go to work just like you. Hmm. It leaves me a little bit confused. But I still hope that people find that in their spouse because everyone has the right to choose the kind of person they get married to. And then there's the other flip side where you are expecting the attributes of a godly woman and yet you are unable to meet the expectations and the responsibilities that come with having a godly woman. It's like women are designed to be these perfect people with fallible 
gentlemen in their lives. And then the thought that a woman is not perfect is like mind-blowing. How can this woman not be inherently motherly? How can this woman not be inherently a homekeeper? It's like something is wrong. These young women have malfunctioned. These young women are supposed to be attracted to taking care and nurturing. And if they are not that, we blame feminism, we blame a radical mindset. So we tell people just to shut them down, to say, even if you're acting like this, one day you'll be submissive, you will, you will settle, you will compromise so much. It's like the thought that someone will think on their own or want something a little bit different is threatening or it's, it's dangerous. And this is not only coming from the males. It also comes from females like us. Our aunties, our grandmothers, when they see you acting out as they wished it, what do I mean by acting out as they wished it? You know that women from back in the day, I don't want to say back in the day, but women before us have struggled to make sure that we have equal pay, we are able to go to our workplaces and still be mothers and not be judged based on the fact that we are women and mothers but on merit. What are we able to do? Are we able to deliver at work? Um, made sure that by law we are able to own property, we are able to represent ourselves and things like that, and we are able to be in a political atmosphere. When they see us actually living out what they wished for us, it is a struggle for them, and they always try to rein us in. Sometimes I would like to understand where people like my mom are coming from. You're coming from a traditional background. You are feminist in a way because you believe in equality, you believe in justice, you believe in fairness. And you try to make sure that that comes out in every situation for the people that are coming after you. But when you witness it in the people that are coming after you, it's so difficult because it's not really part of who you are to the core. And these things spill over into marriage. When younger people discuss the kind of marriages they have, it's, it's so weird, so threatening to some extent because that's the kind of marriage other people wished they could have had, but they couldn't. And so they prepare the children after them for a better kind of marriage setting. I hope I'm making some sense in this. But there's all these things come to play and that is also adding to the reasons why people are not getting married as early as they used to back in the day. Because now we are very careful. Now we are very deliberate. We don't want to get into things and be ready to jump out. Because now the means to jump out have been made very accessible. A long time ago, 
when you're in it, you can't come out of it. And for me as a believer, I do believe that marriage is forever. And I stand on that. And because of my beliefs and my stance, this has also caused me to not be too fast, not be too anxious about, okay, when will I marry? When will this person come? And all that. Because now I understand the fact that marriage is forever. But I also understand the fact that there are certain things that I'm looking for in marriage that are not yet accessible to me. And I'm not yet there to be that person that the the other or my husband will will also appreciate. So I'm very slow and deliberate, still learning and unlearning while trying to figure out my biblical womanhood, my worldly view of womanhood and marriage, and also accommodating my aunties, my cousins, my grandparents who are married, because I understand that for them it's quite difficult to see another way of doing things. Which also reminds me of um, things fall apart. It's not always that what is coming is bad, but the fact that you are not able to change with the times that are coming, most likely you will remain behind and you will die because of it. And for me, I've seen it as something that I am responsible for. I have taken it upon myself to ease my elders into this change and not be so so much in a hurry to say, if these people are not with me, I'm just leaving them behind. They need to understand that things have changed, the marriage has changed, and how the context, how it should be done, how things should happen, all these things have changed. I try to include them. I try to have these discussions with them, ask them what they are thinking, ask them what they are feeling, ask them their view, give them scenarios just to understand their response, and also just remind them to say, I am the monster that you made. <laughs> this person that you are looking at right now is of your own doing. This exposure, this ability to think, to talk out and say when things are wrong, things are, uh, are right for me and try and make things work in a different kind of way. This is what you fought for and worked hard for. I am just living out your dream. And it's scary, I understand that. And it is filled with uncertainty. And sometimes you'd like to rein me in and say, no, actually, if you're a little bit more quiet, if you are more subservient than submissive, maybe things would work out a little bit better for you. If you would just tame your radical side a little bit and not always speak out when you feel that something is not happening right or your definition of loving is not coming out, just keep it to yourself. Things would be better for you. I can't do that. I can't be what I am not. Hence, all these... Uh, let me say, late marriage situations. And then I have also come to the realization in this period of my life that 
the biblical sense of marriage it is good and it has certain things that have come into it by virtue of tradition because we understand that people come from different traditions you are not just born into a certain uh gathering by gathering i mean are you sda are you baptist are you cmma like me no you are born into a certain family and these families have traditions we have tribes and all and we can go into things like which tribe to marry which tribe not to marry what kind of people typically come out of this tribe and how are they in the marriage context how is the extended family and things like that and these things come into play before you are a christian and you gather with uh, certain people but then one thing i have figured out is even in gatherings people have brought their own traditions and this is going to be quite controversial so i ask that you take this with a pinch of salt i have noticed that typically for men in whatever assembly setting you come from they are able to marry women from any other setting without too much controversy surrounding them what do i mean let's say you're baptist and a gentleman you are more at liberty to bring in a woman of let's say the latter day saints <laughs> assembly by virtue of this person saying they are a believer and this person is going to leave their local assembly for yours but for women it is treated differently and this is something that i am yet to understand why and this is coming from the perspective of christianity and doctrine what do i mean if someone is a believer i'm not saying religious i'm not saying they go to church sometimes they have an understanding of god i mean from the perspective of romans 1 verse 16 from the understanding of john 3 verse 16 from the understanding of hebrews and how christ came to die for us and to take away our sin genuinely saved headed for heaven and coupled with the fact that they attend a local assembly that has doctrine true biblical doctrine what do i mean by true biblical doctrine i'm talking about the doctrine of salvation which is one of the cornerstones how do people become believers i'm talking about baptism how do you baptize why do you baptize i'm talking about the way of a christian life what is expected of us as believers and how are we supposed to live on this earth 
I'm talking about the aspect of heaven and hell. Do you have an understanding of that? Do you know what it means and who is going to heaven and who hell is meant for? I'm talking about judgment. Do you understand that one day the whole world will be judged? Um, I'm talking about the Bible, biblical, sound, able to divide the truth properly. Why is it that for these people, it is so difficult and controversial for them to get married to someone from a different local assembly, bearing in mind these two things that I've just discussed. And these things I do not treat lightly. I say them with the utmost importance. However, why is it so difficult? From an assembly point of view and from a family point of view. Is it because it is the lady that will be taken away into another local assembly? Or are we basing our decisions on tradition because of where we come from? Because this is what we know and we know nothing else. So this is how it will be done. It makes me wonder because I have been in situations where you discuss the fact that someone is getting married, a lady, you discuss that a sister in Christ is getting married to a brother in Christ from a different assembly. And this assembly might be similar to yours, but the fact that they are from a different assembly, it is frowned upon and almost attached with some sense of shame. It's like you have gone against the norm and what you are doing is being radical or being a rebel. But for the gentleman, it's like, oh, anyway, um, as long as she's a true believer and she's coming to our church anyway, so it's okay. For these people, we'll accept what they are doing. I find that a little bit peculiar and I would like to understand it better what happened when did it start and why is it so difficult for my gender and for the other it is accepted I strongly believe that this is now where tradition comes in and not truly a biblical view of what's going on so before we understand each other and investigate what kind of doctrine we are exposed to we have already judged each other and said no not this one because this is not the norm and i would like to be very clear about something firstly i am a christian and i have been in situations where some doctrine has been blatantly questionable some has been mixed with tradition and some has been solid and quite similar to the doctrine of my local assembly but the thought of venturing out was so scary for myself and other people that have decided to 
marry into another local assembly. However, I've seen that this is slowly changing. Not as fast as I would like it to change. But my hope and my prayer is we get to understand each other and not attach tradition to the act of getting people to marry each other. But the biblical truths, what does the Bible say? Are these people truly believers and things like that? Otherwise, I feel like with all this said, there are a lot more reasons why someone would come up and say, she won't marry. At the rate at which she's going, marriage is not really something that will happen for her. She's overambitious. She travels too much. She works too hard. She questions the... She questions marriage. Sorry. She always asks why it's being done like this. She's always looking for something extraordinary, out of the norm. She's not the first to try and go that direction it doesn't work uh what she's looking for doesn't exist she's high maintenance hmm what else have i heard she's hyper independent no one wants to marry someone who's as independent she's outgoing she's outspoken so much that is said some makes us young ladies or some of the ones I know feel like eh, maybe it's not for us if it happens it happens but also there's quite a lot of hope with the coming of things like <laughs> being woke self-aware you understand what you want out of life and you make deliberate moves to position yourself to be where you want and to get what you want out of life i believe that we are also loving i want not I want I I agree with how the Bible puts it to say a woman's desire will be to her husband we do have the desire to be married but most importantly we have the desire to be married well to be married right and to be married to the right person these people may not be perfect but we do understand what love is hopefully most young ladies in their 20s have had the experience of what love is what it is to love yourself 
what it is to be loved by others. I'm not talking about the man-woman romantic kind of love. I'm talking about moments where you have felt loved. You have sat in a position where you were so aware that you are in love. It may have been with your family, with your friends, with your job or something that you did and you had the feeling that in this moment at this time this is what it feels like to be loved and the time i enter into a romantic kind of love this is the feeling that i will be looking for this is the comfort the assurance the sense of peace that will come out of it and i will know that yes this is love i am deeply unmovably and unconditionally in love and because of this i am ready to be committed and married to this person so yeah that's what i think about when i think of marriage the woman today in this era what marriage should look like what marriage shouldn't be like and what marriage is portrayed to be and i hope we all figure it out and those who have the desire to get married I hope you pray about it and continue being self self aware being yourself and not settling and those that have had no example of a good kind of marriage or love I hope through friends and through an understanding of the love of God and the love of Christ towards the church you are able to set your own examples for the future generation on what love could be like and what love should be like and how it should be expressed in the marriage context with these unsolicited thoughts and opinions i leave you with this what what are your ideas of marriage today the zambian context the biblical context and the worldly view of it and what are you taking from all these different sources of what marriage and love should be like and what are you looking forward to in marriage and in love and what is your definition of peace have you ever sat and been aware that you are at peace and you are in love and this is the kind of constant feeling you are looking for regardless of what is happening this should be at the core of what marriage is for you i hope we get there i know this podcast has been quite long but some things had to be said others i have left out because they come and go 
I hope you have a good day and a good week, whatever time you are listening to this. And thank you for listening. I will try my level best to continue and discuss more topics as time goes by. For now, bye.